everybody, welcome back to another episode of Warrior Within. I would like to encourage you guys, if you're liking what I'm talking about, that if you actually go to the main website, there's a section right next to Listen on Spotify called Support. There, all you have to do is click on it, and you could choose to pay a dollar a month, five dollars a month, or ten dollars a month, and it goes towards me. Uh, Anchor does take their portion from it, but the money goes towards me and my efforts in reaching out to people about what I'm talking about. Uh, my hope is that I would like this to grow where my wife and I can actually have some money coming in through this. Um, I would love it to be a way to actually make a living off of. Um, I'm even talking with another gentleman who we're going to talk about starting another podcast that's more geared towards maybe talking about today's things from politics to what a Christian should be doing and just paying attention to how the culture is being affected by what's going on around us. Also, uh, I just want to let you know I am planning on trying to invite other people to be a part of this specific podcast. Um, I got I'm working on how to how to be able to work with their life and what's going on with them to be able to talk with them. Uh, especially my one friend who's going to help me with the podcast. He's a single guy, and I thought it'd be really cool to have a single guy who's walking the Lord kind of explain what a single guy could be doing now in his life. But anyway, let's get back to what today is going to be all about. And today is actually going to be talking about how our actions, our choices, our decisions in the past could affect the future. I think one of the best stories that emphasizes that is actually King Saul. Now, if you know your scriptures, King Saul was the first king of Israel. When Israel said, we want to be like everybody else, God said, but I'm your king. And they said, no, we want a human person. I don't know if you remember when you were little, if you were ever scared of something. And if your parents ever said, because I know my mom and dad tried this because I was scared of thunderstorms. They, they would always tell me, well, you got to go to bed and Jesus will be with you. And I remember saying to them, but I want somebody with skin on. So the thing is, it was almost like Israel was saying, yeah, well, we can't see you, God. And yeah, you may have done all this cool stuff, but we want someone with skin on. And so God said, fine, you know, I'll, I'll give you a king. But he said, this is what's going to happen. This is what the king is going to do. So, of course, Saul was chosen by God. Uh, he was chosen for his character. He was chosen because how God saw in him. But at the same time, he also stood out amongst the other men. He was taller by a head. Uh, he was also strong, and he looked like you know a warrior in a lot of ways. That was basically the, the, the feeling they wanted you to think of him. But God was looking at his heart. So the thing is that Saul started out following God's will and his, his way of living was based on God completely. The problem was, eventually, Saul did disobey God several times. But the final straw came when he was asked specifically by God to basically fight against the Amaleks. Okay? Uh, they supposedly caused problems for Israel when they came out of Egypt, so God was going to punish them. Okay? So he, as in God told Saul specifically, do not spare them, but kill both man and woman, child and infant, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. In other words, completely wipe them out. So Saul 
made the effort to go in that direction. He was trying to quote unquote obey God. Okay. They made the effort. They went and they basically did everything except for they spared King Agag. And then they didn't get destroy everything. They try to keep the best of the best in the effort to saying that if we do this, we're just saving the best for God as a sacrifice. But they were sparing Agag because he was king. And then Saul decided that he would wait for Samuel to come so that they could do the sacrifice. So now that that's all happened... Samuel comes and he is just kind of surprised and and if you go to 1 Samuel 15 and down to verse let's see I believe it kind of starts well it kind of starts in 10 where Samuel comes in so he says the word of the Lord came to Samuel I regret that I have made Saul king for he has turned back from following me and has not performed my commandments. And this, you know, angered Samuel. So Samuel rose to meet Saul in the morning, and it was told Samuel, Saul came to Carmel, and behold, he set up a monument for himself and turned and passed on and went down to Gilgad. And Samuel came to Saul and said to him, Blessed be you to the Lord. I performed the commandment of the Lord. You know, Saul is trying to look, hey, look what I did. So Samuel responds, what then is this bleeding of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of the oxen that I hear? Saul said, they, they have brought them from Amalekites, where the people spared the best of the sheep and the oxen sacrificed to, to the Lord your God, and the rest we have devoted to destruction. Then Samuel said to Saul, stop. I will tell you what the Lord said to me this night. And he said to him, speak. So the thing is, he didn't fall what God had asked of him a hundred percent. And I don't know about you. I don't know how many of you have done something similar. I mean, I, technically I, I do believe in a lot of our Christian culture has this issue where we don't necessarily do everything that God tells us to do and doesn't necessarily follow everything the scriptures say. So we try to compromise. We try to kind of gray line the situation so that well, I didn't necessarily do A, so therefore I didn't do B. And for example is, well, yes, I do have a girlfriend and we do live together. And we do sleep together, but we don't have sex. But the thing is, like God has said, you should get married. You should be together as one in marriage and you shouldn't be being with each other, let alone sleeping together. But in today's culture, we try to compromise and say, well, you know, so-and-so can't afford the apartment, so she needs to be able to stay with me. And then you have, well, yeah, but we're, we know we're having safe sex. So we start excusing our actions for other reasons so that we can still kind of taste a little bit of flesh desire that we want, but not necessarily cross the line in our eyes. So, and Samuel said to him, Though you you are little in your own eyes, are you not the head of the tribes of Israel? You know, the Lord anointed you. The Lord sent you on a mission, and you were supposed to follow it. Why did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you bounce on the spoil and do what was evil in the Lord? Why did you, or excuse me, and Saul, no, 
saying, while I have obeyed the, the voice of the Lord, I have done, I've gone on the mission which the Lord has sent me. I brought Agat, the king of Amalek, and I have devoted the Amalekites to destruction. But the people took up the spoil and sheep and oxen. So once again, he's excusing the actions. He's king. He can say, nope, this is what we're supposed to do. And I see this a lot, especially a lot, with uh, pastors in churches. Not all of them, but I've, I've seen it. I've also seen a lot in men in their homes where they allow their wives to dictate what is right instead of the man stepping up and leading by example. I mean, I don't know how many of you struggle with this where you you feel the Lord doesn't want you to do A, but your wife thinks it would be better if we did B, and then you try to compromise because why? You don't want her to be mad at you. The thing is, you know, it comes down to like your daughter saying, well, I'm not dressed like a slut. So why, why, sh why should I dress up more? You know, all my other friends wear this by you stepping, stepping up and saying, no, it's inappropriate. And this is why <clears throat> you're leading. Because the other problem is by just commanding people because you can does not necessarily mean they understand. So you learn to be able to share because you should be leading your family, meaning you should be teaching too as well. So you explain to your daughter why dressing the way that she's dressing is inappropriate. And this is why, not just because I say so, but because the scriptures say this, A, B, C, D, E. So it comes down, the Samuel said, and this is, this is the very interesting point. It says in verse 23, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as in obeying the voice of the Lord? So he's asking a question, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to listen than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of divination and the presumption as it is an iniquity and idolatry, because you have rejected the word of the Lord. He has also rejected you from being king. So God took this very seriously. He wanted him to understand that obeying him and not compromising, not trying to kind of get past the red tape to kind of get a little taste of what he wants out of the situation was more important than trying to appear or look like you are giving all to God. So here's the thing is guys, how many times have we thinking that, well, I go to church, I, I've prayed with my family at dinner time, you know, I, I, I sometimes pray on my own, uh, I, I try to follow the rules, um, I, I quote unquote try to discipline my kids, but we, we start making excuses for actions. We start not living the life we're supposed to be living as a Christian because we we just don't want to cross a line, we don't want to start an issue. So we sort of obey. And then what happens is that those decisions can catch up to you at some point. And even, even if you re recognize it and you actually repent, you've already made a choice. And in this case, because of Saul's once again, disobedience to God, God took away his kingdom. 
So, how many of you are thinking that your actions do not affect your kids, don't affect your family at all, doesn't affect your wife, it doesn't affect your future? How many of you think that it doesn't do that? Because I can tell you this, you're dead wrong. God has given us a specific way of living a life. You know, when we decided to follow Christ, we have decided to follow God's commandments. And if you're studying the scriptures, you would know that there's things you probably are doing that you shouldn't be doing and you need to stop now. You know, God can't completely bless you if you're trying to taste the world a bit too. That's why it's been so important talking about do you chase after power and money, the, the things of this world? Are you chasing after the American dream versus asking God to, to guide you and to, to show you the path you're supposed to go? Because when you presume to chase after these things, if you, if you desire these things more than God, then that's all you're going to get out of it. And God will take away things from you. He will take away blessings. He will take away things that he's placed you in like it's just like seeing all these pastors who have fallen from their pedestal as you would say and now they aren't pastors anymore where they decided to chase after a woman because they think it's greener on the other side where they indulge themselves into sinful lifestyles where they start forgetting the truth and start trying to make people feel comfortable and happy when they come to church it's just like if you guys have not paid attention to Todd White, who recognized that he was just teaching a feel-good Jesus versus a repentive sinner mindset in the gospel. We got to be super careful, men. Our culture is being under is under siege right now. It's under attack. What's going on in California where they're trying to stop churches to people compromising by trying to misuse scripture for their purpose to pastors talking about the feel-good gospel and not that we're your sinner saved by sin but hey jesus loves you so much that even though you were a sinner he loves you you guys it's so easy to twist enough of the truth to make people not really feel like they need to change anything it is so heavy, even in the young people, to think this way, to, to, to see that if someone who does murder is worse than someone who steals or lies, that someone who kills somebody by accident is more evil than someone who kills in cold blood, that it's easier to hate somebody than it is to forgive somebody that revenge is better than turning the other cheek you see we start to create levels of sin we start creating this this mindset that as long as i don't do necessarily a then it's not too bad so god won't take that as too bad he won't like curse me or or call me a rebel or despise me but the thing is guys sin is sin in god's eyes you don't obey him you're not obeying him period 
Because even Saul in verse 24 says to Samuel, I have sinned for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and your words because I feared the people and obeyed them. That's an excuse, guys. How many times have you excused that? Well, I, I don't lead my family because my wife. I, can't, I, don't, I don't lead my family because my kids are... And you, you make all these excuses. That's, that's not what God's asking. He's asking you to step up and lead. To speak up when you're supposed to be speaking up and to obey him no matter what. Verse 25 says, Now therefore, please pardon my sin and return with me that I may bow before the Lord. And Samuel said to Saul, I will not return with you, for you have rejected the word of God, and the Lord has rejected you from being king over Israel. Guys, it's so serious. You got to understand. When you disobey God, you're rejecting his commandments, you're rejecting the Lord. And because you don't lead your family the way you're supposed to be leading your family, it can backfire. It can destroy what, what God has given you because you're more interested in being God yourself than you were about honoring God. I mean, this is actually, this, this type of mindset that Saul had is so huge in some in situations where pastors have lost their way. They're so focused on the people and how they feel that they they've neglected to really preach the gospel the way they're supposed to they neglected to follow Jesus the way they're supposed to because they rather compromise and have people like them than to have them feel guilty or to feel the desire to repent or want to understand Christ in a deeper level like we live in a culture that's so huge on consumerism that they want a relationship with God to be easy. Just like they want regular relationships to be easy. Why do you think you have such a high divorce rate? Because people don't want to go through the hard work. They don't want to sit there and try to build a relationship with their wife or their husband. Instead, they think as soon as things get hard, I have a way out. That's how we think. Why do you think people are less loyal or, or wanting to be part of a church because if they commit too much where they have to commit hundred more than what they want to or a hundred percent that doesn't give them a way out so they stay they stay in this this area of their life where there's an escape that's that's not what we're supposed to be doing and as men we're not supposed to be doing that can you imagine of all of us men, we're just looking for the way out versus actually trying to see how we can build in our relationships with our wife it, it, the, to lead instead of just follow because we don't want to commit too much to be a part of our kids story and life as they go, as they grow up and being a part of their sports activities to like their stuff that you may not like and, and, and just being, a, being with them and, and to encourage them where they're at because you want to see them grow. And when they make a mistake, instead of treating them like crap, you jump in there and show them how to step back on their feet again and move to the, the next stage of life. This is an opportunity, men. If you obey God, you will be able to see a lot more things that are going on around you. If you are becoming lazy or being trying to be your own God, then you're going to have what happened to Saul to you and be removed from the blessing that God could have for you. 
Because remember, King Agag was not killed. And Samuel said, bring here to me Agag, king of the Amalekites. And Agag came, came to him cheerfully. Now, why would a, why would a king who's, <laughs> why would a king be this cheerful? I'm going to explain this a little bit. And Agai said, Surely the bitterness of death is past. And Samuel said, As your sword has made women and children childless, so shall your mother be childless among women. And Samuel hacked Agai to pieces before the Lord and Gilgal. Now there's an important part to why I picked this story as well. You see, Agag was alive. They, they didn't really say how much time had passed. But if you were to know historically that a king is also treated really well so in other words even though he is a king that lost everything if he is captured he is also treated with a blessings so there is this thought because there is a character in the story of esther starting in chapter three called haman and if you go to chapter three that first uh, verse it says after these things king i can never say this guy's name is hasaras promoted haman to agagite the son of Hamadatha, and advanced him and set his throne above all officials who were with him. You see, guys, here's the thing. Agagite. Who do you think that is? That's King Agag. So there's this thing, at least a theory, and I, I, I'm kind of really leaning towards this heavily, that King Agag must have gotten one of the servants that were with King Saul pregnant. And you see, Haman is a product of Saul's disobedience. Because if you know the story of Esther, Haman had a plot to destroy all of Israel over what Mordecai did. Because he hated Mordecai. Hated. You see, the actions of disobedience can create an action down the road that could be destructive to you and your family, even if you don't exist anymore. Your choices can destroy a future. Just as Saul disobeyed God, you should not disobey God. Instead, understand if you keep on disobeying him, it could cause destruction down the road. Now, God did use Esther to save her people. But at the same time, if Saul had just obeyed God 100%, Haman would not have existed. I want you guys to really think about the story today. Think about your life and the choices that you're making. Are they honoring God? Are they obeying his word? Are they things that you want your kids to see? Is it? Are you acting like a man that, that your wife needs? Are you making godly choices? Because your actions have consequences. And just what happened down the road... Haman, who wanted to destroy all of Israel, only happened because King Saul disobeyed God. So today, this moment right now, repent of anything. Change your life. Recognize what type of choices are you making for your family? And could it cause a worse problem down the road? Honor God in this moment. Ask him to reveal any choices that you're making right now that could be causing a future consequence. And repent about it. Get right on track. Study your word. Understand what it means to follow his commandments. And do it. 
don't compromise don't try to twist it so that you can have a little taste of the world because the taste of the world equals to death so i'll pray for you guys right now dear lord i pray anybody who's listening to this right now will be transformed be changed will be recognized as someone who can lead his family right now instead of cowering or compromising for his family let him be strong no don't let him be a dictator but allow him to be a strong leader in his home where he honors god he puts god first he prays with his family for real he prays for himself that he can continue to walk and lead his family that he will step up when he needs to step up he will speak up when he needs to speak up that he'll have courage to do what is right and not compromise to what the world has to offer is willing to teach his sons to obey you and to follow you teach his daughters how to be a woman of god who loves you first no compromising and yes we will make mistakes i even make mistakes lord but the thing is if we're chasing after the following the followings of Christ and doing what God wants us to do as you ask of us, Lord, that's what we should be doing, chasing after it, not sitting back, not holding back and not cowering back. I ask you give men courage today to be able to do what they are supposed to be doing as, as leaders of their home. Don't let them be like King Saul, but instead obey your word a hundred percent. And when you are speaking to them, trying to get them to do something that they listen. But the only way, Lord, is by encouraging them to spend time with you, getting to know you, by going to church, being part of a small group, praying even by themselves or with other men, finding ways to be able to serve you, finding ways to be able to serve their family, Lord. Give them courage today to make that choice. Reveal to them any any choices they have made that need to be rethought and re-evaluated so that they don't continue to follow that, that bad path, Lord. Don't let him chase after the world today. Let him chase after you. Don't let them have a Haman down the road. I ask that you move them today, that today will be the day that they get to be renewed. And I pray this in Jesus' holy and heavenly name. Amen. And I hope you guys today have a great day. I hope you guys I recognize the need to chase after him more because you don't want to be like King Saul. God gave him plenty of chances to change and to follow him and to repent. But there has to be a point where God has to give you a consequence for your actions. And sadly, Saul's actions weren't just in that moment because he did lose his kingdom and eventually his son was killed in war with him. But later on, almost caused the destruction of Israel because of a choice he made by not fully obeying God. Make today be the day that you recognize I need to obey God 100%. And like I said earlier, I really would appreciate you guys supporting me and helping me to continue this process. I'm looking forward to the other podcasts, which I hope will be somewhat of a, a really cool opportunity to see how God can be used through it. And I thank you guys for the support so far and all and the, those that are continuing to listen to what I'm saying. And I pray that today would be a blessing for you. I pray this and I pray that you have a blessed day. Thank you.